0: Hey everyone, Simba Kader here, and you are listening to the MLOps Weekly Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Max Lukachev, who is the CTO and co founder of Telmite. He's a PhD in computer science and database theory specifically, and spent over a decade building SaaS products with a focus on big data analytics and ML in various startups at various stages, ranging all the way from inception to acquisition IPO. Max, so great to have you on today. Thanks for inviting me. glad to be here. I'd love to start. By learning about the inspiration behind Tell Me, why did you decide to build a company around this space?
1: Well, it's coming from my own wounds. I've been in this space for many years, and I've been leading engineering teams, of building data solutions, databases, uh, distributed systems, as well as higher-level things like entity matching, MDM, master data management. And data quality was always a big problem. You can make the system work and function and be fast, just the outcomes are often corrupted by the bad data, which was a big deal back when I was at Reltio, we were building a master data management solution where inject of bad data, you know, even a small amount of the bad data may ruin the whole process of resolving different entities to the same thing. A good example would be very common phone numbers got like templated. You know, someone put one 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 for a bunch of profiles and it results in a huge kind of mismatch of things internally which required very, very expensive resolution, you know, like going into the database, fixing these things. That's where the idea of the Telma came in. Why do we fix after the fact? We need to prevent that bad data from coming in the first place before the expensive and you know sensitive systems got corrupted. And that's how it's all started. Why is it such a hard
0: problem to solve? Because I feel like we've talked about kind of data quality kind of been thing we've talked about. I feel like we make all these strides. On our ability to like store huge data, but I feel like we continuously get stuck on kind of data quality. Why do you
1: think that is? You're right; it's a difficult problem. And to add to this, you know, we've seen a big shift in infrastructure monitoring, which happens like around 2011, 2013, when we all went to cloud. Data came in later, even though we've been working with databases for much longer. But the part of the problem is is really the variety, like the complexity of the data itself. You know, there are so many variants. There's Such a big velocity, you know, data is constantly streaming in. There's such a vast amount of this data. And quite honestly, there's not that many ways to tell you this is good data. Companies for a long time were defaulting either handwritten rules or, you know, manual checks of the data, which is not a solution in the modern world where everything is data. It's coming from everywhere in such a vast volume. So, why it is hard? It's not like one team effort because it spans from People building the pipeline, you know, the system they're using, what kind of reliability tools they have there, coming down to like who are the owners of the data, data product owners. And then sometimes it's data stewards, sometimes it's some other checks and data quality assurance and stuff like that. So it spans across multiple areas of the organization, on top of the technical challenge, with just sheer volume of the data and the metrics you need to collect from the data, to the organizational constraints, how teams communicate, how the process around the organizations are defined and so on. So it's a multidimensional problem. It's not just a technical problem.
0: Would you argue it's like a people problem as well? Just like how do we get everyone and all these
1: different teams to work together cohesively? That's pretty much where I'm heading, yes. It is as much as people problem on top of the technical problem. Who are like the players
0: in not so much your space, but let's call it not the users of tell me, but like call it in an organization. Who are the stakeholders and the people who are affected and have to like solve this problem?
1: So it still will be familiar groups: data analysts, data engineers. Quite often, we start in seeing the new roles coming up. You know, data product owners. This is kind of product managers who are owning the data product, data as a product. So those are pretty much the groups interested in in those solutions. And the interesting part is how to make them efficient and effective. In using these solutions and helping them in the daily life, the so mating something is providing better insights, timely insights, and stuff like that. When you think
0: of, let's call it the core group, like obviously you should care about data quality from the early days, but at what point do you typically see that people start to bring in observability tools? As early as their first data person, is it when they have like a team? When
1: should you really start thinking about a solution in the observability space? you know what we've seen it really depends on the organization and another challenge comes with should you build it or should you buy it? we see a lot of organizations tend to build solutions themselves and this is fine this is the right approach if you have right resources and you have a lot of customizations but very soon you would realize that variety again because of the variety of data because of the complexity of the architecture you know so many integrations and stuff building that is probably not core to your business so you don't want to doing this at this point, people start bringing the solutions like Telmai and others in the market, trying to see what fits into their ecosystem. But we also have seen moments when the new data person comes in, sometimes like in charge of data, company's data, basically. You know, the roles named differently. You know, sometimes VP of data, sometimes data product owner, and stuff like that. In these cases, they come with the concept: I need data observability because I know what I'm doing and trying to build it from the ground up to put proper architecture around that, even without the big team, data observability becomes the essential part of this journey. So it's two sides there. You know, there is not only one or another. What's the like, variables you should consider? Because there are so many problems to be solved. There's so
0: many products in kind of the data ops space and the ML ops space. What are the symptoms of when a data observability tool is kind of the right solution for you?
1: I think to make it a little bit more concrete, we need to mention that data observability itself is a very wide topic. There are so many different flavors of data observability, and it's not one size fits all. Some companies, they care more about truly data pipeline observability, making sure that the pipeline delivers the data. And if it's, they know that the data itself might be you know, machine-generated data or such, they may not have a lot of focus on data quality itself. The other companies, for example, data providers, they would care a lot about what they are shipping to the customers, what kind of quality, the values are accurate, correct, and stuff like that, which is very different from data pipeline observability. So these are different solutions, and really depends on what is core to the company. Oftentimes, we see that tools like telma they resonate the most with for data products, right, where the data is the product being served by the company to their customers. It can be internal or external, but still the data is an essence and the accuracy of the data matters a lot.
0: Got it. And so in general, it's almost like when you're at a point where you are thinking about your data as product, is kind of the point where something like Telmite is going to become a core. It's almost a requirement because if it's your product, you kind of want to understand it's almost like quality assurance. Like if you're selling this
1: thing now, it better be Pretty standard, pretty good, pretty reliable. Same thing is, if you're developing your own product, you don't like when your users telling you you have a bug in the product, right? You need to know about this problem beforehand and fix it. So the same with data. You don't want to be in the situation where your buyers of the data say your data is crap, because if they say so, they don't really have a good way to measure how bad it is. You don't have a really good way to measure how bad it is. So it's really impacting the reputation of the company, of the product itself. It's a way to begin that.: You mentioned, you know, there's these new roles
0: around product managers specifically for data, like treating data as a product. This is a relatively new concept, I think. This is something you know data and databases and data theory and systems have been around for forever. I think really, truly treating data as a product is a relatively new idea. What are your thoughts about it? Is it correct? Should we all be doing that? Is
1: it right for some companies? How do you think about that role and where it should exist? I think we're still in the phase where it's settling down. So there are still sometimes no clear separation of the roles and responsibilities between the data engineering team and data product management. So that's why I would suggest think of it as really just different roles acting together, building the better product. Just separating them would not be the right approach at this moment. It's so new and so fresh, there are still too many unknowns. So we are trying to treat them as part of the same group. They have slightly different skills, but the goal of what we are building is like bring them together so they can communicate and they build better product faster. Got it. So your kind of take, would you argue that
0: we're kind of have over-fragmented? You mentioned so many different types of roles and titles that are all kind of data people. Do you think it's a bit over-fragmented? Do you think there should be more consolidation? Or do you think that we will continue to get more and more specialized roles?
1: I would say yes, I agree with this. It's over-fragmented. Sort of Quite often I hear talking to customers, data engineers, what do you do when you detect the inaccurate data? No problem, it's product manager's problem. This is bad for our organization. You know, I know where it's coming from. It's coming from the deficiency of the tools and processes, but any company should act like we care about the end result, the product, the end satisfaction of our customers, rather than data delivered, good. Not delivered, okay, we have a problem. When you think of a gold
0: standard, like when you think of how a data team should work, or you're architecting a data team, how would you go about it? What would be like kind of your sense of the best practice? I know it's a hard question, but I would love to get your take on it.
1: Yeah, I would try to apply my experience. You know, I'm coming from application and system development. So really try to follow similar approaches to how we build engineering teams. It's not just developers who are needed to build a product. It's developers plus QA, plus product manager, plus DevOps or SRE. So it's really a combo. It's very similar for data product. You cannot just push it all on data engineers alone. It has to be data engineers. There has to be people who are focusing on the assurance of the quality of the data using the right tools. It doesn't mean they're doing it manually, but building the stuff around that. And there should be people who are driving how this data product looks like. You know what we are delivering, what SLA is, and many other stuff. Customer experience with this data product.
0: Got it. So it's almost like there's like a GTM arm of like figuring out all the concepts, almost like a product arm of like what are we selling and how are we selling it and what do we need to sell it? There's engineers who are just kind of at its core, kind of just building, and there's almost like a QA function just because data has by design, there's kind of so much entropy there. So you have to constantly be finding it, even more so, I would argue in like software engineering, where like a good set of Tests and high test coverage will get you a lot of the way there, There isn't really an equivalent measure for a data system.
1: Yeah, and then there is this whole concept of the data ops. Somewhere spanning across these layers, right? Sometimes it's the same people, it's just really the process of the company. People are acting as data ops, they are operating their data product, shipping the data. That's where we really understand that the tooling is a very crucial part of this. Without the right tooling, it's impossible. Yeah, I definitely
0: think that most ops companies are just, not just, but they're process companies, they're workflow companies. And a lot of the problems to be solved are actually problems of people problems, kind of what we talked about at the beginning. There's a lot of focus on, let's call it, tools and systems and practice. It's more like, hey, we need to work like a well-oiled machine and throwing around a ton of spreadsheets and docs is not going to get us there. So what can we do that's well integrated into how we work that also allows us to work as a kind of more seamless way? I guess to that nature, like you kind of hinted at this a bit, but we talked about observability around you find an error in the data, someone flags it, the QA team in this world would flag it, and then the data engineering team would kind of maybe investigate, patch, and fix. What's the general workflow? Like what's the feedback loop look like? Like if I'm using Telmai, how do I set it up? Is it automatic? Is there more hands-on setup? And then what's the workflow look like from, obviously there will be alerts, but where do I go from there? What's the
1: kind of recommendation you have? This is a pretty complex question. It actually has multiple parts of it. So let's maybe start with the feedback loop. On that one, we've been living for a while in the world when even if we detect the problem, to fix this problem and do something that is a manual action. You know, there's someone... Some engineer has to jump in into the action, stop the pipeline, make the fix, deploy, rerun the pipeline, analyze the data, remove the bad data, keep the good data and keep flowing. Now, given the velocity of these pipelines and how much data being pumped and what's the variety of this panel, it's becoming a really big problem. It's a constant nonstop action. Alert, 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 you know, go and fix and non-stop. It's very draining. What we believe is there's a lot can be done for automating this problem. Not everything, but a lot can be done. 70% of these actions are rather simple. Reaction on the bad data, stop the pipeline, restart the step, or split the good data from bad data and let the good data flow, bad data park for further investigation, stuff like that. Which increases the velocity of the pipeline dramatically because you don't have this you know, hard stop on every single thing. It's like you're slamming the brakes when you see like a little duck walking near the road. right? You don't have to be like, just keep driving a lane unless it's starting jumping on the wheels. So that's the feedback. The other part, when the problems are detected, that's where this is a people process, right? What is the channel for notification? What are the processes in the companies? How to react on these things? And most importantly, tools can help to find the root cause quick. Because in the data, unlike the infrastructure where you can get a lot of sense from reading the code of the service which went down, a lot of times you don't have permissions to look in the data, right? There are a lot of organizational limitations and barriers to investigating the root cause, which involves more people, more approvals, more process, completely slows down everything. And having the right tools, providing the right evidence, the right metrics, correlating the metrics, what's going on, and helping to figure out where the problem belongs, what was the root cause and which table. Maybe there are like 100 tables in the pipeline. This problem started right there in the very beginning. Go to the right person and start working with them. So that Root cause analysis and the whole process is again, we are coming back. This is as much as people process and organizational process as technology. So it cannot just be solved just by technology, but technology can greatly help in speeding things up and embedding into this process. So it sounds like the kind of two components, the two major components are one,
0: the data is always going to have issues. That's just kind of a nature. It's constantly going to have like false alarms. Things sometimes drift for good reason. I joke about how much data drift Amazon must have saw at the beginning of the pandemic. And pretty much every company probably had a dashboard of this 4,000 red alarms because everything just changed overnight. I guess one part triangulation. Like what matters, what really matters, like what's a P0, what's a P3, and being able to kind of work that way. So it's not treating everything as reactive. It sounds like almost what you're getting at is having a more proactive organization and have a tool set that is also more proactive in the sense of resolving things. root cause analysis is, very clean something that's being invested in heavily so that it's not a linear operation. is it possible to get compounding effect and can it happen like is it just a linear process where you know the amount of data you have you need to have n number of data people, or do you think that things scale as you get
1: better? I actually think things can scale with the right tooling. things can scale very easily because the less effort these people have to do, the more the tool itself does by Splitting, okay, this is not an issue, this can be automated. Automatically starts or stops of the pipeline, splitting the data and stuff. You don't even have a human in there for most of the part. And then the higher severity issues where you know, the root cause analysis is needed, people get involved, but even then they don't have to go and run and write different queries because, again, data infrastructure is so complex, there are probably not many engineers who are experienced enough and knowing all of this stuff. So you're getting back to that little bottleneck who are constantly just firefighting and trying to figure out this problem, people who understand the system enough. And the more the tool can do by providing all this evidence, by helping you get to the root cause, the better. So you can really scale with a smaller team by just eliminating a lot of routine and stuff that really don't involve human intervention and let them focus on real big problems, and real complex problems. I don't believe it's linear function. So one thing you
0: touched on briefly there was governance like provenance and access control and all the stuff related to that aspect of data. I think when people think of those teams and those processes, they tend to be processes that kind of, for good reason, but still keep them from doing their job in the sense that it it gets in the way. You have to go through all this process. Do you think that has to be true? Do you think that is true by nature? How should governance and access control be layered on and provenance be layered on on top of everything we've been talking about? Like what, dimension does that add to the problem space, if any?
1: It does. However, I believe this is kind of complementing parts with the data observability and data quality. So the governance is still a very essential part of the organization, data organization, but I think it should benefit greatly with the quality information and the operation part of the data, right? So talking about, let's say, data catalog and stuff, Adding crucial information about how good is the data, not only what is there, how it is accessed, by whom, security aspects and stuff, cataloging, but also what's the quality, how this quality was degraded and stuff is also really important for the organization because ultimately I think most of organizations are moving towards self-service data products and without this component, this self-service will not be able to be achievable.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like what you're getting at It is a core function. It is something that can kind of, with proper tooling, become minimally invasive. That's kind of the future of it. Is that fair? Is that a good way to think about it? Yep. So we mentioned data catalogs, and obviously we've been talking a lot about observability. As you think about the core data stack, the early days of data ops, I felt like there was a billion different categories and products. There's still a lot, but it feels like maybe it's starting to consolidate into some core categories. If you were running, let's call it a mid sized data team, and you were going to pick categories of tooling to
1: think about and care about, which ones would you pick and why? That's a good question. So I would still go by what your organization is building. So definitely the data warehouses, data lakes, and stuff are going to be the category there. The pipelines, data catalog is, I would say, been proven to be an essential part of this whole thing, of this whole journey. Like we can see at the Databricks, there their efforts with Unity Catalog and stuff, right? On top of that, you would have a variety of different tools, which, again, as I said, data observability, but there are so many different nuanced ways of doing this data observability. So there's going to be a large number of this tooling there, slightly for different reasons. So at some point, there will be a consolidation, I guess. So a lot of this function will go to data cataloging, a lot of data observability might actually come as built-in functions of the data solutions like Delta Lake, data warehouses, kind of baseline functionality. I would say these three categories, but again, some consolidation will happen. That makes sense as a kind of
0: the core, and it kind of tracks of what I'm seeing too, and I'm sure you're seeing is that those kind of have become the core tenets of data ops. The last kind of topic I really want to dive into with you is everything we've been talking about so far is about data generically. Obviously, data plays a core function in analytics. It plays a core function in ML. And I guess as of recent, it plays a core function in let's call it LLM slash AI. This is kind of the new paradigm around LLMs. Do you think of it as like a pyramid? Like you need analytics and then you need ML and then you need AI? Do you think of it as you do all of them together? Are the problem spaces around the data, like how different are they? I guess I'm curious to understand how you think about how maybe the ML and LLM aspects
1: change the data space, if at all. I think they will significantly. What we have seen so far in the organizations across the world, after the early success of OpenAI, ChatGPT and stuff, everyone jumped into this LLM journey because It really showed demonstrating the capabilities of what kind of new generation of interfaces of the product can be built using these language models. It's not only language models, talk about Gen AI, image generation, audio generation and other things. But most importantly, enterprises now realize that there's tremendous opportunity right now to build a new generation of tooling with new interfaces which are much more capable than the old chart like static type of interfaces, providing this new capability. Now, if we look at analytics versus ML versus AI, I don't think any of this area will cannibalize any other. But specifically for LLMs, the adoption of those concepts, we will see it pretty much everywhere in every application. To add to this, data quality will become even more important because we have seen that the cost of building the model fine tuned for your organization can be huge depending on what quality of the data you are feeding it. training, for fine-tuning. And we recently ran an experiment where we just, like as a toy experiment, we trained a model classifying internal company documents in an abstract company, and they just injected various levels of noise, typically what we see with customers' pipelines on a daily basis. And the impact was very significant. So for each of these three, AI, ML, and Gen AI, if we split it, there will be this, and there should be, major focus on figuring out like the data quality, then the quality of the machine learning models, feature engineering, and other stuff. How this one is going on, and other aspects. Because without that, we are doomed to work with the inferior models and the inferior quality of the results.
0: Yeah, I guess the way I'm hearing it is kind of data is the foundation of everything. And even though we will have ML applications, AI applications, analytic applications, they're all different, I guess, manifestations of data. And from that perspective, data is everything. The importance of it has continued to move up and it will continue to move up. And that hasn't changed with any of the new paradigms. If anything, it's accelerated it. And it sounds similarly kind of the new wave of LLMs and let's call it the category AI broadly is going to also have a kind of foundational effect on how we work with data as well. Because we're moving away from relatively static charts to something that is much more intelligent, I guess. It can do more.
1: Yeah, and part of this why it can do more is because with all the tooling we've been building for the last past 10 years, for example, all we do is generating more data. We keep generating and generating more data, you know, more insights, and more stuff. But the ways we are representing this data, we're still using the old approaches. very ChatGPT showed us that you can actually have a very meaningful way of summarizing what was discovered what's stored in these enterprise databases and presented in a meaningful form to the user to make sense out of it, which is a big deal. Over alerting was always a problem, just because like alert fatigue and stuff. But if you can summarize it all, if you can make it very clear and usable when you're doing root cause analysis, it's actually not a bad thing. If your language model can figure out what matters, can show you only what matters, help you highlight these things, that's a big win. Yeah,
0: it almost sounds like we had so much data, so we had to create all this kind of data ops tooling on top of it. But even that has now become so unmanageable as the data has continued to grow that this kind of new layer allows us to even summarize the 4,000 dashboards or whatever we have into much more actionable and useful information. So it's almost like the dashboard we used to work out of is kind of going to become the assembly language of the actual insight layer that we'll be working out of in the future.
1: It reminds me, there was a fun story back from my days in signal Effects, which is a monitoring system for infrastructure monitoring. So we were monitoring ourselves with the software we were building. And at some point we looked at how many dashboards actually we have internally in the company. And I think it was like 800. There's no way anyone can make use of 800 dashboards. This is like create-only type of things. That tells just overall approach, just creating more dashboards and more dashboards and more charts. It's just not scaling anymore. We had to have a better way of summarizing this information. And that's what happened last year, right? We saw the power of these tools. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what
0: happens. I think it's going to fundamentally change a lot of things, but especially how we work with data. I actually think that's going to become some of the lowest hanging fruit. The fact that it's already a pretty noisy space and a lot of what we do is manual intervention. It just feels like such a natural place to kind of start taking advantage of this stuff in a way that actually lots of the value I'm getting and I see people getting from GPT is much more individual productivity. But I think we'll start seeing more like tooling oriented wins in places like this. Yeah. Well, Max, this has been an amazing chat. I've really enjoyed being able to learn more about how you think about the space and maybe get a more tactical view of how to think about and scale data teams I think that a lot of the information that's out there has been very focused on one of the verticals and a lot of people talk about how it all fits together and it's been great to be able to get your perspective on that and talk through it thank
1: you for coming on thank you so much it was a very good chat thank you